Welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing you a weekly dive of all the news, discussion, and insights you need for virtual reality gaming. This podcast is brought to you by Asterian Products, a top-selling company on Amazon, designing revolutionary products for VR and AR, including, you know what it is, the Asterian Aura VR headset stand we're always talking about. I'm Jay Bratt. I'm a VR YouTuber and streamer. I'm Lipnox. I uh, cover SideQuest VR stuff all the time. <laughs> Got the sweater on. Well, tonight we have a very special guest here, Theron from the Scuttlebutt Podcast. Theron, tell our listeners a little about yourself and what your podcast is about. Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, like you said, my name is Theron and I'm with the Scuttlebutt Podcast. We are three hosts. Two of us are actually active duty military and we kind of just talk about anything and everything on our show with a really honest outlook. Um, we, we're called the scuttlebutt because, uh, in kind of military terms, that's, it's a watering hole. It's kind of the place where you hang out and you gossip, uh, you have a couple of drinks and, and you just kind of talk about how you really feel about stuff. <laughs> the honest side <laughs> of it. Well, Theron, I, I'm not sure if it's you or if it's the other members, but whoever it is, thank you for your service. I actually come from a military family myself, although I'm the odd man out there. <laughs> Yeah, same. I'm I'm out of the three of us. I'm the one who's our our kind of token civilian, uh, and then oh, no. the other two. One of our ho our co-hosts is actually uh, away. He's deployed right now, uh, so we we miss okay. you, Morpheus. Oh, keeping it keeping it strong for him. I appreciate that. Well, if you're out there and you're listening, you know our podcast is here to keep you up to date in the VR realm. We answer questions from our communities, followed by some of the latest, greatest VR news. And then we usually discuss the games we've played recently. Although, of course, when we have a guest, we talk about what games they've played recently, too. And if you haven't seen our YouTube channel, we're all sitting here face to face. So come out, hang out with us on YouTube where you can engage with us through the comments or occasional live streams. Uh, Jay, what questions do we have to answer for our listeners? Well, luckily, the first question we have is a serious one, because not all of them were. <laughs> uh, Natty Braddy asks, for everyone on the podcast, to what extent is VR helpful for people that have social anxiety? Uh, and as someone who I spent years as a manager, I don't think that I have much social anxiety. I don't feel like I'm a great expert on this, but I did recently meet someone who had agoraphobia. Uh, and in VR, you would have never guessed it talked super confidently, told, was explaining things to me, like was telling me how things worked and like how this game was and all these things. And yet then told me, you know, it'd been years since they left their apartment. Food is brought to them that they, they don't ever leave. And I would have never guessed it. Theron, I was listening to some of your episodes and I feel like social anxiety came up a couple of times. What do you think about this? Uh, as far as VR goes, I think it's a huge tool to help with social anxiety and building the mechanisms to kind of get around that or at least work through it on a daily basis. Uh, my wife works in mental health. Uh, she's a social worker. And so we talk very regularly about the potential of VR for dealing with social anxiety and being able to talk about just a whole host of things in a really non-threatening space. It, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, there's an application that's actually free on the Oculus Quest right now you can download called Goliath. And it actually takes you through this journey of this guy who struggles with mental health and it's sort of like a storyline of his life. And honestly, like she would probably love checking that out. Like I I was blown yeah, away by the quality incredible. of that, but it's it's definitely worth checking out if you just got a quest. You said that was Goliath uh, on SideQuest? Goliath, yeah. It's uh, it's called Goliath. I, the company that made it starts with an A. I don't know exactly what their name is, but it's it's one of those things that I like downloaded on a whim and I was like, this is crazy high quality. Like those parts that you're like playing arcade cabinets and just the whole world doing all stuff around you. It, it's a really cool application and it's all around mental health. So if you're interested in that topic, it's, it's even more worth checking out. 
Sometimes the best experiences are the ones you had no idea what they were when you downloaded them. <laughs> I've had good ones and horror experiences I didn't even know were horror, and that, that's a whole nother story. But Lip, we got a very not as serious of question. Uh, what's the next one? Uh, so we've got a question from Resident Evil 4, and it is, who's hottest? And it's Ada Long, Jack Crosser, and I don't know if I'm saying that last name right, or the dude with the long beard in Resident Evil 4. And and honestly, you take a look at these pictures, and there's there's no brainer. Obviously, it's the guy with the long beard. He's got the huge <laughs> black jacket. He looks so awesome. And that beard just, you know, you know that's going to keep you cozy at night. He's thick AF. <laughs> <laughs> he is thick and the longer the beard the harder you are isn't that the rule oh yeah the longer that's... it gets <laughs> well <laughs> that's definitely PSVR, the, rule. the podcast they were the ones who asked this on the discord great question i i think they were hoping we were gonna say the dude with the long beard so how about let's get a ranking if that's number one who's number two i would put ada at number two personally okay Okay. <laughs> I feel like I would too, not not based on anything looks or superficial, but just because I hate Krauser. I just remember, uh, I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm not going to say much about it, but I just remember a quick time event that took place in that game that made me hate Krauser so much that I would put him at the bottom of the list, which I guess puts Ada in second. What a, I, I what just a... thought he looked weird. Like, he's got the weird, like, life jacket coat thing. He just, he looks so <laughs> out of place compared to everyone else in the game. That's my Some problem with him, too. people are scared of water. He he looks like the G.I. Joe that you don't want to get for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. I agree. <laughs> well, there you go. Play PSVR. You got our full ranking. Uh, let us know out there if you agree. But the last question we got here, Scarlet Ibis was talking directly to you, Scuttlebutt. They said, I found your VR episode and it sounds like you're still new to VR kind of quest to. Uh, are you glad you jumped in now or do you wish you'd have gotten in earlier? I'm not sure if that's actually correct about you or if that was the other members. So maybe tell us real quick, what's what's the history of VR with your podcast and what do you think about that? So the history, the history of VR with our podcast is relatively new. Uh, and and okay. all of us within the past year, obviously, since it's come out, have bought the Quest 2. And okay. all of us are in love with it. Uh, we use it. I, I would say I use it the most out of the three of us. But we're all using it on a really regular basis uh, to the point where we've even started integrating it into the show now in, in a couple of different ways. Um, but personally, my journey with VR started, you know, all the way back with Google Cardboard. Uh, and even kind no. of before that, uh, at a you know at trade shows where they'd have you know uh, a cool rally car set up, or uh, I think BMW one time had a VR headset thing where they put you on one of their motorcycles. Uh, and so nice. I I tried those and and really enjoyed them, but it was never something that struck me as consumer ready. Uh, and so when my buddy brought over his Oculus Quest One, uh, and we were just playing with it, hanging out, having a good time. Like this minute I put that thing on, I was like, I have to get, and you, the, he told me, he's like, the quest two just came out. And I was like, I'm buying one. Cause this is, this <laughs> is consumer ready. This is what people are talking about. Uh, even if they don't know it. And that's one thing that I've always said is I, I think that the way that they market the quest is kind of not as straightforward as I think it could be. I think they might sell more units, uh, if they marketed it a different way. Not that they're having a problem by any means. <laughs> no, but I mean, I've seen, we've seen the stacks. If you saw some of those Black Friday pictures, there was huge stacks of Quest 2s. I don't know how well they sold, how many of them went out on the shelves, but I'd love to just dig into that a little bit. What do you think should change in the marketing? So one thing that people constantly, even to this day, are asking me about the Quest 2 is uh, what PC I hook it up to. 
Okay. Uh, and, and I have to explain to them that, no, it's completely standalone. I took it on an airplane with me and I'm never going to fly <laughs> any other way again. Uh, as it gets a lot better when you hook it up to a PC. And I think that that's just something that they could market a little more clearly that it gets better when you hook it up to a PC. But I think that it should be marketed against and, you know, be compared to game consoles. I was gonna say it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because it's like it, it seems like every single person who buys the quest is like, "Oh, I, how do I play Half Life? How do I play Skyrim?" And it's like you can't. And they just <laughs> they're like, "What? I can't play these things?" And they're like confused about it. And I'm just like, "That's that's 100 saying the marketing is not doing a good job letting people know there's a difference between these things." Well, you and can, honestly, but you like can't. said, like 300 dollars, like that's that's easy money to spend on something that's gonna give you a full VR experience. But you're not gonna get Skyrim or or Half Life. Well. You can get Half-Life 1. In my mind, it's the same price as a Nintendo Switch. And why anyone would buy a Nintendo Switch over an Oculus Quest to me, it's just because they don't know what they're missing out on. Plain and simple. It's either that or Smash Brothers. (laughs) Smash Brothers competition. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Nintendo kind of rules in the IP space as far as first-party games. Well, great questions. Uh, If you want to ask us questions, come to Discord. You can ask us there. But we got to talk to you about some news that happened in VR this week. First, we got to tell you about Asterian Products, our sponsor of the podcast. You know them if you've been listening to podcasts for any length of time. They make the gorgeous Asterian Aura VR headset stand. They make a Vertex headphone stand. They make some other amazing products. So check them out. If you find them on Amazon, you can use code FULLDIVE10 for 10% off. And uh, Theron, I believe you have an Aura now too. What do you think of it? It's incredible. I love it. I use it to charge my headset basically every night uh, because I'm using. I used to work out in the morning and then just through playing games. It's pretty much dead by the evening, Uh, and so I'm always popping it on that stand. Keeps it all charged up and pretty for you. Well, yeah, check them out. And we got to talk about some news that happened this week. Did either of you hear about Quest Day before it happened? I did. I I heard about it because. I was everyone, everyone sort of rubbed it in my face, like US only. And I'm like, well, that's not fair. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, that's not fair. I'm in Canada. That's quite a reason to, to hear about it. What yeah. about you, Theron? Uh, yeah, I did hear about it. I saw a couple of kind of brief videos covering it and, and wondering what could it be? You know, what is it? What were the amazing products that they were going to reveal? <laughs> Well, it was it was quite the experience the day I I had just heard about it recently before and I I didn't know I thought they were going to be giving away VR cover facial interfaces and, you know, all these kind of things. But what they did was they had this wacky event uh, where they would show some crazy product that was in that they would say is like in testing and it wasn't the real product. And then they would give away something kind of similar to it. So like one thing they had these Beat Saber tree lights that you put on your Christmas tree and then they would actually Beat the the lights would bump to the music you were listening to in Beat Saber. But then they said, oh, this isn't ready yet for customers, but we are giving away these Beat Saber Christmas sweaters. And they did several other of these things. They had like a, a Quest Away, which was basically an easy bake oven. But then they're like, oh, that's not ready. So we're giving away this cookie cutter kit. Uh, they also had a pet distraction mat and some socks. If you were going to win any of those four things, what would it be for you guys? Uh, I think I think for me, looking at all the things they had on there, the Christmas related stuff was probably the most appealing to me. And then there was uh, an Oculus related beats. I think it was Beat Saber, actually, Christmas sweater. And I was like, yep. that that looks like it has my name on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe I'll check you? on eBay. I was going to say the same thing. That Beat Saber sweater is really what was calling out to me out of those. I, I actually did try to win the cookie cutters when it as soon as it counted down, I hit the button, but I, I wasn't able to make it in the queue, unfortunately. 
too many people were clicking the button. I wonder how many there were. I didn't see if it actually showed like a total number that went out. But yeah, I think the Beat Saber sweater won the day. Uh, this is obviously, you know, some sort of fun Christmas marketing. What do you think about this? Was this too cheesy or was this a good way to drum up excitement? It felt like we were being trolled. I, mean, I, think, I think people had fun. <laughs> I, yeah. think, I think people had fun with it. But I, at the same time, I think the, the quantities were so limited and it was just kind of it, it felt like they were teasing you by like throwing these things in your face and you're like you probably can't have any of these so in the way it was like you know like if they if there was one of the objects that they mass made so everybody could get at least that one thing if they wanted it or way more people but you know when i went onto the site like right after these things had been revealed almost everything was just sold out immediately so i i think that you know in a lot of cases that leads to people being more disappointed than they are excited about the whole situation but I was in Canada, so maybe I'm maybe I'm a little bit salty. I couldn't play at all. <laughs> Actually, on that note, I have I don't know if this is not the right place to do a, a tiny little bit of self promotion. Um, but Jay, you it. and I first got through contact with those 3D printed uh, uh-huh. lens protectors that I sent out, um, and one of the things that I thought was really awesome that they were giving away during Quest Day was the the little Questy plush uh, mm-hmm. that also like kind of. <laughs> immediately sold out and it's the kind of thing that i i think people would pay for uh and kind of like lip was saying it's a bummer that more people don't have access to the kind of stuff that they were giving away uh so today i spent a little bit of time kind of knocking up a a little questy model (laughs) uh and this is very much the prototype but here soon we're we're gonna put that out and people can 3d print it and then anyone who wants a little questy can get one (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's cool that, nice that's making it right when 3d printers do something useful <laughs> instead of the play psvr guys sent me a little tiny t-rex looking ridiculous thing uh <laughs> from theirs and it's nice when you can make something cool and fun out of it instead of just something you know totally useless so yeah your uh your lens covers I actually put them on two of my quests just today so awesome. that those quests would be ready for game night on friday so yeah i i thought it was cool uh to do it but i did see of course on reddit some people were jumping on there immediately saying oh this sucked that they didn't have enough of these and then other people one person made this really salty post that was like they don't owe you anything they didn't have to do this you should be thankful for them giving anything away it was just this long list of like all these bullet points of anger like everybody <laughs> to shut up basically and it was like these these events sometimes make more like anger and frustration almost maybe that's good for marketing i'm not a marketing genius you know maybe it's good to just have people talking about it uh, i thought it was cool though and i'd love to see more stuff like this it's fun even if i never get my hands on any of those things it's fun to see them and if i ever saw one in the wild if i saw someone walking through the mall with that beat saber sweater i would go up and start talking to them i'd be like hey i know what that sweater is and we need to talk about this respect yes <laughs> you uh, someone's house and they got quest shaped cookie cutter kit set up get all the all the different shaped cookies i mean that's a that's a christmas i want to go to yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, the gaming awards just happened, and Lip, you have some news that they announced at the gaming awards. Yeah, so the classic, it was act- I think it was out for a, ber- a brief period of time, maybe even actually a, a decent period of time before it really caught on. But the very popular mobile and on consoles and everything game Among Us is finally getting an official VR port. And I say this as official because. For the longest time, we've been able to play this level by Jar, who's a world creator on VR chat. I'm pretty pretty sure it was Jar, but uh, they made this Among Us level in VR chat, which arguably is like the most fun thing you can do in VR chat. And 
which makes it perfectly makes or perfectly makes sense that they do this Among Us one. And I think from this one, they're including like all the mechanics and everything. But unlike the one in, you can get in VR chat, this one has all the world, all the new like stages and everything. And it's going to be on PSVR. So that is a big difference maker right there because VR chat is not on PSVR. And I mean, VR chat in general attracts some unsavory characters sometimes. So <laughs> sometimes, sometimes maybe you don't want you don't want to throw your kid into VR chat, but you're like, Among Us, that's a little bit more safe. So I think I think it's, it's, a, it's a pretty friendly. big win for the VR community. I am a little disappointed it's taken this long because that would have been a great first year of the Oculus Quest title. But either way, happy to happy to see it. Darren, what do you think about it? I think it's going to sell headsets. I think there are going to be a lot of kids who want to play Among Us in VR, uh, and they they want the the real three D experience of what it's like to be sus. Uh. <laughs> I, I definitely have First problem. I was like, questions. how would you know who killed you? <laughs> how would you know? That's my question. How would you know who killed you? Like, if I get stabbed in the back, is it going to tell me real quick? Or am I even going to know? Well, and that's uh, one thing I was I'm wondering, excited. like, when you call a meeting, are they, is it going to be voice now? Like, or am I going to have to painfully type everything out through a oh. VR keyboard? It would have there's, to be voice. It would have yeah. to be. There's, there's no way they could do that game without voice. Well, and that might be why I read that they weren't sure if it's going to be compatible with the non-VR version. Uh, I I doubt it would be, but man, wouldn't it be cool if it was? Like you would never be suffering for for people to play well, with. That that that's always the big thing with VR chat is because VR chat has the desktop mode on the PC. You could always get people that don't have VR to come play with you. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think there's just there's no way around it for the VR version. And I just I, I'm not sure how like they could the be compatible. Yeah, yeah. There's just no way. It would just, completely throw off the balance of everything because. What you can see from a VR screen is totally different from what you can see. From That's what I was thinking. Like, I don't know screen. how they would unify those perspectives in like a single lobby. That seems like it would be really hard. <laughs> it, it, would, it would have to be like a first person mode or something for the VR version. Yeah. Or yeah like maybe the, the non the non yeah, VR. They might make a, a, a mobile version that's compatible with VR. I could see that. Hmm. hmm. So many ideas, so many things coming up. I'm curious. I do feel like this would have been much, much more huge and amazing if this had happened like six months, a year ago, you know, when Among Us was at the height of popularity. I feel like people were kind of all like, because uh, like Among Us is great. People still play it, but the world's kind of moved on. You know what I mean? Like uh, so we need a squid game VR right now and, and not just the VR chat. We need like the real one, you know, like that's how it is with these things when they're super popular. I feel like when they kind of die off quickly, so. I'm sure it's going to bring some some popularity back to it, but I don't know if it'll ever be like it was. What was it a year ago? I feel like when everyone was playing this. Well, I think I think we saw the same thing happen with Gorilla Tag, and I'm guessing that this new version will have a similar situation where a lot of the people that are interested in Among Us already played it in the other version, and they're just kind of like, okay, we've done that, we're done, and we move on from that kind of thing. Yeah, but especially I, don't know. Like, this... I, I never played it. Bef- I never played it very much in the non VR version. So when I got into VR yeah. chat, I was like, oh, I don't know about that game. And I think, I think it took like two rounds and I'm like, OK, I love this game. So <laughs> it's, it's it's one of those things that it's a uh, it, 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 you know, you see all the all like the younger people playing it and you're like, yeah, that's not for me. And then you play it and you're like, OK, I love the deception. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Theron? You're going to get it if, if it costs. Let's 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 do a fun thing here. If it costs, what's the line? I would say. 
$20 is what I would imagine it's going to cost. If it costs more or less, are you still going to get it or are you just not going to get it at all? What do you think, Darren? So for me personally, I'm not a huge Among Us fan to start with. Uh, And when you consider that it's free on mobile, isn't it? Or it's a couple bucks, if anything. Uh, I I think it might be free on mobile, but like five bucks on PC, I think. I could be wrong For the core gameplay of the same thing. And then if I I really am hankering for a virtual version, uh, like Lipnox was saying, you can just go to VR chat, which I play a lot. It it probably personally isn't going to be a purchase for me. Yeah, I'm yeah. At like eight dollars. I think I think I think maybe ten dollars is like the maximum I could go with it. And and, and the only reason I would even say ten dollars is because it has all the extra content, like the extra levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I'm. I mean, it's, it's... <laughs> I'm curious. It is a tough spot. I feel like if it's less than ten bucks, I'll buy it at least if nothing else to support us getting more things like this. Twenty would That's be a, a lot, fair point. but I bet you. I bet you even on PSVR, it would sell at 20 bucks because it, there's nothing quite like it on PSVR. You got Rec Room they, uh, that has a room like it that kind of touches on it, but it's not nearly as good. I feel like PSVR sometimes gets locked into those horrible things with prices where you're going to buy it because it's like every song pack on Beat Saber. If you're on PSVR, you buy the song packs because you have to. <laughs> I, I think I think like what we saw with Township Tale, where it's like if you release a multiplayer game at a low price point, more people will buy it to play with their friends. Yeah. But as soon as you go too high, people just, they can't justify it. So they won't do it. Mm-hmm. And that's why like honestly, like, like five bucks is probably the right price for the maximum amount. But at the same time, I mean, when I look at it, I'm like, Oh, if you're on PSVR, I could see that game easily being a $15 game and everyone being like, awesome. But when I'm on the quest and I have the VR chat, I'm like, uh, you know, that's, and I'd pay five bucks for that, you know, $8, that kind of <laughs> thing. So it's kind of, it's kind of like, It's a hard situation because the other one exists. If the other one didn't exist, you know, I might be a lot closer to that 15 mark. But I I think I think twenty dollars is sort of a, you know, move along thing. But at the same time, I mean, I'm pretty sure the Five Nights at Freddy's that series started being like pretty cheap. And the VR one was like twenty five dollars or something, wasn't it? And I'm pretty sure it did good numbers. Yeah, yeah, it did. So Five Nights at Freddy's, if if that sold well, then (laughs) the Among Us well. That's, I think, the main consideration that I'm keeping in mind is, as we've discussed, the audience for it is going to be a little bit younger. Uh, And so Mm -hmm. whatever price tag that is on it, it's going to be, hey, can I have Among Us? It costs this much versus any, you know, one of us just deciding to buy it. Uh, I think that's going to be their main audience is probably kids who want to try it. Uh, And for anyone who's listening and thinking about getting it for their kid, do it. Don't let them play VR chat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that would be my advice good advice and that that also brings up the question and probably the last thing we could touch on here but like it's almost like the meme like, can i have among us vr we have among us at home already what are you talking about kid like but if if there's a bunch of kids and they bring voice into this how is that going to affect the gameplay because right now you only read text you don't know who you're playing with uh theron are you going to get in and play this with a bunch of kids that's that's the real question, right? Especially if you know that they're kids. Uh, and then from there, does it become easier or harder to figure out who is actually, you know, it, it might actually make the game a lot more complicated because kids are just so hyper that you can't tell what is a lie and what is just sugar-fueled energy. <laughs> All good points. All good points. I'm curious. Well, we'll keep you posted out there when we hear more. There's not much news on this yet. 
but we've got games to talk about this week. Uh, some new games, some old games, some scuttlebutt podcast favorites. But we got we got to tell you one more time, real quick. Asterian Products. If you don't know them, you got to go on Amazon. You got to go on AsterianProducts.com and check out their VR headset stands. They have RGB lighting. They have a sleek, minimalist look. You can kind of see the edge of one here. If you're on YouTube right now, you can kind of see the edge of one of mine here off to the side here. Uh, get $5 off any order, $19.99 or more, by using the code FULLDIVE, one word, on AsterianProducts.com. Uh, definitely check them out. And speaking of checking them out, have either of you t- tried, watched footage, or thought about getting after the fall yet? I've done everything but actually get it. Uh, I've watched a ton of footage. I've watched uh, a lot of your videos, uh, and I'm I'm really excited about it. It's on my my Christmas shortlist for sure. What about you, Lep? I, you... I know it's gonna be good. So to me, it's like it's one of those things that I. It, it's one of those games. It's kind of like the Resident Evil for me, where it's a situation where I'm like, I gotta find the perfect time and the perfect group of friends to play this with and just have fun. And sometimes. You know, when you're always reviewing things on YouTube, sometimes there's certain games you're like, I don't I don't need to do a video for that. Everybody else got a video for that. People are perfectly fine with the amount of content out there, so I don't need to add to that content. I just want to relax and just enjoy a fun VR game because that's, you know, that's that's why I bought a headset in the first place. So sometimes, you know, when you get a big one like that, that it, it's it's worth doing it. But everything I've seen, it looks like a it looks like a top quality game. And I mean, they've that company's got a lot of money behind it that they put into that. I've I've heard the PSVR version maybe doesn't have the greatest control stuff and some of the getting into groups with friends is a little bit complicated, but it, it just looks like a top-notch product. And the other thing too, VR games have a enormous track record of getting big content updates, mm-hmm. even even pretty quickly after release. So I figured, you know, if I wait to if I wait till January, I'm I'm golden. Well, it sounds like both of you kind of know what you're looking at. For those of you out there who haven't heard of this somehow, it's a pretty big release this month, so it's hard to imagine. But After the Fall places you in a post-apocalyptic world with up to three of your friends on the same team. So four squads of four or against squads of four, but you are going into these environments and trying to scavenge supplies and what you can while fighting off hordes of the undead. It's from the same makers of Arizona Sunshine, but unlike Arizona Sunshine, there's multiple types of enemies. There's a lot of different guns and it's really like Left 4 Dead in VR is what everyone keeps comparing it to. You've got fast paced action, a lot of shooting, uh, tons of zombies at a time, and you are just trying to fight off these hordes and survive. It's not like Arizona Sunshine, where you know you get like eight zombies at once in Arizona, and you're like, oh gosh, I'm overwhelmed. I mean, at times I feel like if I walked into a room in After the Fall and there's only eight zombies, I'm like I don't even need to worry about this in After the Fall. Completely different game, uh, and I've spent a couple hours playing it. Kind of the gripe so far is, though, I saw a post on Reddit. Someone said, hey, how did everybody else enjoy the two and a half hours of content of After the Fall? Basically insinuating that was it. You know, that was, that was all you got from the start. And it definitely feels like the game, the shooting works well. It's really fun with your friends, but it definitely feels like pretty quick into it. You're like, okay, where's the rest? You know, there's guns to unlock and there's upgrades for the guns, but it very quickly starts to feel kind of dry and you're like okay when's that first update lip Knox is talking about lip have you heard anyone talking about this about the game uh i've the only thing the only thing i've really heard because i you know i just i have confidence that if it's not amazing right now it'll be amazing eventually (laughs) but uh the only thing i've really heard is just people saying that they love it but like i said the having trouble getting into parties with people and, and being confused how that menu system works 
And funny enough, as much as you said it's like Left 4 Dead, I heard someone say that they were expecting it to be a lot more like Left 4 Dead than it actually turned out to be. But it, it, it's, it's one of those things, like you said, with updates and everything, it's hard to form any opinion at this point. And there's people that are just like, oh, this is the popular game. So they just expect so much overhype. And no matter what, there's going to be people that complain about those games and like, I have PC VR. This is nothing like Half-Life. And it's like, I see those comments all the time and I'm just like, yeah, but it's running on Quest though. Like, you gotta, yeah. you can literally play crossplay. Do you want to have a player base or do you want just max out specs for the, you know, 50,000 people that are going to buy the PC VR game? And then, I mean, the like, developer can't afford to make the game on that. But like, for me, it's like, it just comes down to, I think it's, I think it's going to be an awesome game when I play it. I'm not worried at that whatsoever. And even when you said the length, like Left 4 Dead, the first game is only like four campaigns that are like 40 minutes each anyway. That's That can't be much more than like two hours or so. Maybe like three hours for Left 4 Dead 1. But they add, they added content later on too. Yeah, kind of the same. What what do you think, Darren, from what you've heard so far and what I'm saying? What do you think? So most of what I've heard, I've definitely heard the, the two camps. One side that thinks that it's just kind of too short for the value and you're going to play through it and be immediately done with it. And then I've heard a, a lot of people on the other side arguing that because of the upgrades and because of the difficulty level, which I guess ramps up quite a bit towards those end difficulties, um, if you're kind of that completionist or someone who does want to get all of those upgrades and like truly beat the game, it's going to take more than two and a half hours because you're going to have to be playing this stuff and you may have to play it over and over again. I don't know exactly how many cycles that you would need to to fully unlock everything. I'm sure that someone will speed run it here shortly. Uh, but for me, I think about Left 4 Dead, the game that everyone's been comparing it to. And I, I don't even remember any of the campaign missions from Left 4 Dead. I just remember <laughs> logging in with my friends and fragging zombies. And yeah. that's what I'm looking forward to, doing that in the coolest way that I ever have. So for me, I'm going to get way more than two hours of replayability out of it just because me and my friends will never get tired of storming corridors or big open courtyards just full of, uh, I think, Frozen, they're called. Yep. Yep. The Frozen there. They look like zombies. They kind of act like zombies. But yeah, it's the Frozen Wasteland that you're in. And I've got to say... Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. This is a game about getting three of your closest friends and just having fun playing over and over again. This is not necessarily meant to be the most in-depth game with the biggest plot line or the most lore. This is meant to get in and have fun, and it delivers on that as long as you have friends. But <laughs> the, the biggest barrier to that part is it is hard to get with your friends in the first place. So you have this UI in front of you. And if you want to add your friend, you can't search their name. You search and they have to tell you their nine digit number code. So you search that. Well, and then once you click on them, you click invite, it puts them in a party with you. I put party in quotation marks because they're in the party, but you can't hear them or see them unless you randomly got set into the same lobby. You have to then, once you're in a party, go to the, the gaming machine that you choose, whether you're gonna do a run or a versus mode or whatever you wanna do. And then once that starts, 
Now you're in the same lobby and now you can hear them. And that is probably the thing that needs to be fixed the fastest about this game because I had to get on Discord calls while I'm on my quest. I had my, I luckily have a flip phone. So I was putting it over my shirt collar and having it there with Discord on to talk to my friend to help them find me in the game in the first place. And with, you know, Oculus parties exist and there's other ways around this, but it should be a little more user-friendly to get with those friends when that really is the most important part of the game. Yeah, yeah I a lot of games have very weird party systems for the VR, and it ends up being really confusing. It's like, if 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 you if it's too complicated to do that stuff, literally just give people a room code and make it easy. Yeah, that's well, why I don't understand it. Like you can, it's so easy to just type in like a six digit thing and be like, here's your room codes, and then meet up with everyone that way. You don't even have to worry about being added as friends. Well, and that was my question when you said a nine digit code. Like, are they? Do they really think that many people are going to be playing at the same time? And I, and I hope they are. But like, I don't want to ask my friend, "Hey, bro, what's your social security number?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, play a game together. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a little much. I was like, why can't I search by name? You know, maybe maybe they're trying to avoid toxicity, or maybe they developed Arizona Sunshine. Arizona Sunshine had some had some same weirdness about it, so maybe they just kind of followed suit with that but that is probably the biggest barrier to getting in and enjoying this game with your friends but once you get past that and you're playing the game whether you're good or bad at it you're having a good time and the game has these levels that you progress through there is kind of a storyline going on you know it's not that important i don't think to the game but what it has for every level you do it has four different difficulty modes so you know you start at the bottom and then as you upgrade more guns and weapons you want to go back and do those harder and harder that's where the longevity is in this game. But if you're like me, typically when I play a game, I play the campaign one time through as it's meant to be played, and maybe a second time if there's things I feel like I missed. If you treat this game like that, it's not going to last you any time at all. This is not meant to, you know, play on just amateur. It's, I think it's actually called Survivor. I think it's the lowest one. Play on that and play it all through once and be done. It's not meant to be like that. This is meant to be enjoyed by getting better, getting a better squad. And you've got to have friends because, man, if you have AI members on your team, because it'll automatically fill you to four, they are terrible just terrible at helping you out all you have to have friends plays even the your worst friend in this game is going to be way better than the ai you're stuck with so that that some of the pitfalls of a game early when it first comes out i'm not saying that they're not going to fix it and then the other thing to consider is this thing could make you motion sick you know they have all the options to not make you but you're running around you're turning you're shooting like crazy you have tons of zombies coming at you you're in a very tense situation so it would be hard for anyone who doesn't have a pretty strong stomach to vr to play this game does it what kind of uh comfort settings does it have does it have the like i would imagine there's no teleporting in this kind of game you has to has to be strafing right uh it does have a teleporting option uh, it starts off with some some options that I actually didn't think were very nice. Like the thing about this game, when you get up to a ledge, you don't push forward and it like you see it visually say, okay, are you trying to jump off this ledge? You get near that ledge and it just jumps you off. And the the comfort setting it was on by default was like a sudden teleportation almost to the bottom of the ledge. Oh. I had to go back into the settings and find to have it like show me drop. So I would get near a ledge and all of it, I'd see, I'd, I'd look down and be like, oh my gosh, there's so many zombies down there. And then I'm in the zombies. I'm right, in the thick like of it. It's like you fall off the ledge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're just down there suddenly. You're like, what happened? And then now you have all these zombies to deal with. I will say on the PSVR point you were talking about, Lipto, I have no idea how this thing controls in the PSVR because it's so fast paced and you're so constantly moving. It would be very hard without analog sticks to play this game and that's yeah, anecdotally, I, heard, I heard like credible I heard people. one person <laughs> say they were saying that they were saying yeah oh i have to play with a dual shock or something because no way 
yeah yeah what were you saying there lip uh, I was I was basically just I've seen I've seen people like people that I have seen in the groups that are trustworthy comments that the control scheme is just not good and that it's like if you have any other option get it on the other headsets because yep. the of of the of the options available the least enjoyable one is the PlayStation VR. Now I will say just as like an asterisk to that I feel like this is 100% going to be a game that will be compatible with the PlayStation VR 2. Mm-hmm. So if you're planning on getting a PSVR 2, it might still be worth it to get the PSVR 1 version, expecting it to work on the next gen. Yeah. So keep that in mind too. Yeah, I would absolutely re- I would absolutely say that's... I, I'm sure that's right. Obviously, we don't know, but I'm sure it's going to be... Uh, the game's $40. It's 10% off right now, still part of its launch price. Uh I would say personally, after playing it this much, even the little time I got out of it playing with friends so far, I would recommend it as long as you have a crew of friends to play with, because this isn't just a a well-designed game that has some issues. This is an amazing experience with your friends. So if you have a social network of people, if you have someone to play with, definitely get this game and play with them, especially right now while it's still hot. You know, even if you don't have that full crew, you can find a crew to play with. But it's so fun with people. You just have such a good time no matter what you're doing in this because it's just you're all working towards a similar goal together. And then I haven't tried the versus side yet, but your squad then goes up against other squads too. So that's the next part I need to try, which I'm a little more nervous about that because it's one thing killing zombies, but you go up against other people in games and people are just so good sometimes. (laughs) Well, the other thing I'm thinking about too is I'm pretty sure Arizona Sunshine had like five or six like big content updates mm-hmm. that were adding like new levels and everything. Maybe maybe five and six is too much, but there, there must have been at least three of them. I think one of them added four player co-op and everything. Yeah. So I'm, that I'm, yeah. That should that should pave the way for this title where it's like expect that this game will be a significantly bigger game in a year and a half. Yeah, I, I fully agree. Uh Theron, you guys have been in VR playing a lot of stuff lately. Uh, I've been listening to your podcast since I started talking to you, and I want to hear about some of your experience with VR. What are you What are you doing the most in VR? What are you liking with it? Tell me about your VR journey uh, so far since getting your own Quest 2 at home. So pretty much since I got my Quest, I've been trying a little bit of everything. I definitely have been dabbling in like side quests and figuring that stuff out, uh, loading up just every experience that I can find as far as... Uh, <laughs> As far as the free stuff goes, uh, and, and then buying stuff. One thing that I really appreciate about uh, just VR games in general is we're we're talking about after the fall is forty dollars. Like that's a lot of money for a game, and it's mm-hmm. not for any game console. That, like I'm so used, I'm just conditioned to paying sixty dollars a game. And so when I logged on and we're like, oh, there's all these awesome titles for ten, fifteen, twenty dollars a piece. Like I, I started scooping them up. Uh, and so the, the game that we play the most is probably VR chat, uh, that we've been talking a lot about here tonight, just because, uh, all of our hosts are located in different positions in the United States. Uh, but we're all good friends who at one point were located pretty close to each other. And so we, it's awesome to be able to actually hang out and have that sense of presence and go, you know, shoot pool or play beer pong or whatever it is that we're going to do on an average Saturday night. Uh, and that got to the point where we were so comfortable in it that now we're actually, we've started a YouTube channel that's Scuttlebutt VR. That's kind of a spinoff from our normal podcast where we're recording uh, similar to this, a really VR based podcast, but we're actually doing the entire recording in VR chat. Um, and <laughs> 
because my other co-hosts are anonymous just due to their status of serving, it makes everything easier. Yeah. Uh, it's nice because everyone's anonymous in VR chat. And so it lets us interact with our audience a lot more. It gives a really strong visual component to our podcast that it was missing previously. Uh, and so that's been a really fun project to kind of get off the ground. Uh, aside from that, I play like just the, the very basic VR titles that everyone loves. You know, I play a lot of Beat Saber and Pistol Whip for working out. Uh, I think the most recent game that I bought was actually Creed to start out boxing uh, and try that out nice. just because I, I actually wanted to see a little bit more like physicality in VR. I've been trying to incorporate it more into my workout uh, and have it not just be a gaming tool. Because uh, for me, I, I use VR all the time. Uh, I use it in my regular, just daily workflow. Uh, even when I'm 3D printing stuff, I have things that I've modeled in Gravity Sketch completely on the headset and then take into a printer. And it's the, it's the coolest feeling to take something that was purely digital and doesn't actually exist. And then within eight hours, be physically holding the real item. Uh, and it's, it's, it's damn near magical. <laughs> We are living in the future, seriously, to make something in a game and then bring it to the real world. That was, I remember thinking about concepts like that as a child, and it was like, there's no way, <laughs> you know, there's no way. How how would that happen? And here we are actually making it happen. Uh, well, well, go ahead, Lip. I, before, before we move on, I do have, I have two things I wanted to say about that. The first thing was, I think they made that Gravity Sketch app completely free. So you can actually do like graphic design on the headset for free. Mm -hmm literally import those objects into whatever you want, which is really cool. And the other thing I wanted to say was that you have to download and check out Thrill the Fight. I know you said Creed, I, but you should check out Thrill the Fight and get both ideas because that's I love Thrill the Fight. It's one of my favorite quest games. And that's I've heard both. Everyone was was either this way or that way. I would the reason I went with Creed is because I was able to kind of demo it first, and so I at least knew what yeah. I was getting into. Um, but the the main thing that intrigues me about Thrill of the Fight is the multiplayer aspect. Like I said, my co-host is over on the East Coast, where yeah, I'm Creed, on the West yeah. Coast, and I I'm I like I want to fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, fight the co-hosts. Maybe hold off then, because I think they've said Thrill the Fight Two is going to have multiplayer. So, oh, okay, nice. maybe, maybe maybe play Creed now, get to experience the storyline and get that workout, and then go on. Because the one thing with Creed for me is the movement. Where in Creed you have to like right, spin the, your the, hands the to fist move, swinging, yeah. But <laughs> in Thrill the Fight, they draw a box around your play space, and you're moving with your real play space, and it makes the thing around you. So if you're dodging, you're dodging with your real body. Your mm -hmm. legs are moving; it's your real legs moving. And that is one of those experiences that there's no way I was having that on PSVR, but just in VR in general, there's very few experiences that I truly feel like the game does a good enough job making me feel safe in my play space that I'm willing to just go all out. And when you see people, you know, get hurt in some of those videos, you're just like, you know, I wish it, I wish all of the games had a play space like this to make sure that I didn't go and start <laughs> punching the TV or something, but <laughs> to keep you safe yeah i i'm creed i had a hard time with the stamina system because like in real life i didn't feel tired and so it was annoying mm -hmm. that my character was tired but i understand they're trying to avoid it becoming a slap fest which is hard to do with the vr boxing game so how do you how do you get around that in a realistic way because you know in real boxing getting hit takes a lot of your energy it hurts too. yeah yeah <laughs> I've seen, uh, I've seen some people use like weighted gloves when they play the mm -hmm. Creed game to just get that like realistic workout. 
Yeah, I think that would definitely do it for me. Uh, in listening to your podcast there, it definitely seems like you are kind of the VR guru. You are the one who is taking the others into it, showing them, and they're they're along for the journey. They're enjoying it, but it seems like you're kind of the one who knows what it's all about and is showing it to them as you go. So what I'm curious, since some of them have talked about having motion sickness, what are a few games that you recommend if you're showing someone new to VR? What do you show them? So Beat Saber for sure is going to be the first game that I pull up for people just because you are standing completely still. Uh, you know, you've got stuff coming towards you and you've got a very minor amount of movement, uh, but you're not going to be doing a whole lot as far as things that would make you nauseous. In my experience, the things that cause nausea in VR are any experience that disassociates your brain from your body. So if your eyes see a lot of movement, but your body's standing completely still, that's going to lead to nausea pretty quick in my experience, just because it's hard for a lot of people to really get their mind around what's happening. Uh, and so games that kind of isolate a person, any sort of seated experience is going to be a lot easier just because by nature, they're built around uh, a little bit more chill gameplay flow. I, I wouldn't load up like roller coasters. <laughs> <laughs> That's typically not a good thing for people who are just getting into it and uh, and getting motion sick. Uh, another game I really like that I actually play, I let my mom hop on and she likes a lot is uh, it's an, a game called Puzzling Places, uh, which is okay. uh, it's a it's it's a puzzle kind of game where you're putting together pieces to make something, but it's actually in 3D. And so you have to like swirl the model around and compare it to the to the picture. And it's it's a bunch of fun. And it, it, I, I don't even know how a person would get motion sick playing that game. <laughs> huh? I've never I, heard. I think of that's it. actually the, the like uh, one of the main people that work at SideQuest, Orla. I think that's like her favorite SideQuest game because she's always talking about it, and it is honestly such a cool thing, even just to see the finished models of the things in VR and be like, oh, I can look around it. But that is that is def- it's a good well, suggestion. Like puzzles get so much more complex in three dimensions too. It's not just mm-hmm. about does the piece fit like this. Now you're rotating it all kinds of things and you're realizing, oh, I was looking at it from the completely wrong angle compared to the picture. When you tilt it, now it matches perfectly and locks into place. Uh, and and yeah, that feeling of getting it together when that last piece slips into place uh, is just super satisfying. I gotta check and, this and out. It looks now. so cool when it's done. Like it just is just like, oh, I got a yeah, and it's so cool much, yeah, building it's or city or whatever. With. Yeah, I've I think I've made it through yeah. <laughs> two of them. Uh they get harder as they go on, and my brain is not keeping up that well. <laughs> well, I think there's what, like a hundred now? They they, oh, I think wow. they keep adding more. So they keep adding, they have a ton of like packs that you can get. I, I can't recommend it enough for someone who just loves puzzles. I got to check this out. We got to talk about this on a future episode then because I had, I've never heard of this. And it's funny because when you think of puzzle games in VR, you think of like room escape kind of games. You know, you don't really realize that there could be, you know, small puzzles that you can work with yourself that are that exciting or cool. But hearing you two talk about I like puzzles myself. So that's like, oh, wow, I want to check this out now. So I'm, I've put a note here to check that one out for sure. Uh one of the things that I, I kind of had a couple people over to try VR for the first time recently. And so that's why I kind of wanted to look to some expertise here with you and what they've seen. Because one of them, man, I put him in Half-Life Alex and Beat Saber and was absolutely blown away and impressed. The other one, not a thing. So unimpressed, I couldn't believe it. Uh, and they were like, well, and I asked him, you know, what, what do you want to see that would make you 
feel impressed. And they were like, you know, just something that looks exactly like real life and feels like real life. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do with the person like that? So I wondered, do you have any great ideas? Have you ever dealt with someone like that? That was just, you know, your normal things didn't work on them. So what did you put them in that did differently? Oh, that is a great question. Uh, I, I'm actually, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, just kind of like rattling through experiences. I know for uh, my dad a lot, he kind of was really similar. And then uh, real fishing VR is what finally got him. Is It was something that he already really liked and wanted to do more of. And it was like, oh, wow, this is, there's so many, he couldn't stop talking about all the things that were like other things. And I'm like, yeah, I know, it's the point. It's a simulation. <laughs> Well, that uh, one actually looks like real life too so that's a perfect suggestion to that question literally is so, the most photorealistic game you can get on the headset because <laughs> it literally is photos <laughs> another really ah. good one actually now that i'm thinking about it one that gets people and i don't think it necessarily shows them like oh this is the power of vr but it takes their breath away is uh the wander app mm -hmm. the one that's that lets you it's basically google maps uh mm -hmm. I, I love if somebody's just purely unimpressed uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll ask them to just think of their favorite place. Like just, just name a place where rather than right here, listening to me drone about VR, where would you rather be? <laughs> and then just pop the headset it's funny, on it's there funny you and that. it's, you see the light bulb. They're like, Oh wow. This is at least if nothing else, it's unexpected and it's intriguing. Well, it's, it's funny you mentioned that app because I literally, that was the app that my friend that just got a VR headset. I was like, Oh, this would be a good app to start on. And I put them in it, and the first thing he said was, "Wow, this is really unimpressive." I was like, <laughs> I was so disappointed because I was like, "Oh, like I thought this would be so cool," because you know, like you said, like I, you get to explore all over the world and see these places in in VR. But I guess it's sort of, you know, you're you're up high because you're it's the Google Earth photos, so they, I guess they, they just it's like a weird disconnect. And I guess after seeing actual VR applications, they're like, "Well, why am I not in the world?" Like the other thing, some, some of the spaces are better than like some of them. It looks like you're standing right on the sidewalk. Um, but because yeah, they, they have user submitted data in addition, like there are some of them where it's like, oh, this is from a drone, which is cool, but it's really disconcerting to go from standing on the street to now I'm 30 feet in the air <laughs> with no warning. It's just this blue dot and that blue dot. Well, yeah, that's I, I was I was kicking myself after that because I was like, you know, Google Maps is a big one. People have mentioned I wished I'd put them in that, but we, we didn't have a ton of time. And then I was like, you know, maybe I should have put them in some sort of intense shooter because like sometimes VR when you get to sit there and look at the polygons and think about how real or realistic it is and that then you have the time to realize that. And I think that was the problem with this person. Maybe I should have put them in a tense situation where they didn't have time to think about that and they just had to react. And then maybe it would be like, oh, wow, that was some, I'm going to see them again later this month and I'm going to try a few more and try to see if I can get them to that side. But oh, I was so I disappointed. What? He's put them in super hot. Yes. Super hot is the ultimate game to sell people on VR because even though the graphics are basic, they have this like artistic style to them that looks cool and still works, even if you're looking for realistic graphics. And I mean, it literally is a successful PlayStation 4 or like console game with those graphics. So having the exact same graphics on VR, it's perfectly fine. Like that's one thing I always notice is people are like, oh, well, it doesn't look as good as the console flat screen versions. And it's like, well, you're zooming it in crazy and you're adding VR. But super hot, it, you know, you still get completely the super hot experience, but just massively expanded. And like you said, you know, it completely goes by your speed. So if you want to go real fast and go real fast and you want to go slow and be all stealthy and matrix around, do that too.
<laughs> well, and, and Jay, you were talking about on. the immersion. I think if you're looking just <laughs> as I think about it, if you're looking for a game that makes them go, wow, I, I really forgot I was in a game for a second. Uh, you can just load up Richie's plank experience. I put uh, him in that one. But did and you throw a piece guy, of wood on the floor? I did. I got my 12 foot yes. plank out. I measured it out. And the first guy who was afraid of heights was freaking out. Couldn't had ran back and almost fell down as he ran up. But the second guy, the one that was unimpressed got in. He's like, Oh, this doesn't look real. I'm not afraid at all. And I was just like, come on. Like, usually That's I, amazing. Get him. I didn't, I just didn't have enough time to really get him that night. And I'm like, okay, next time I see this guy, I'm going to find something that does it. Cause uh, yeah. a couple years back, I went to Las Vegas to their uh, their Stratosphere Tower, and one of the things you can do is you can it's like a zip line from the top near the bottom. It's 104 stories straight down. Uh, that's kind of like a controlled freefall, uh, and and I've done that like in real life. Oh wow! And then after that, I popped somebody's like, oh hey, try this plank thing, and I was like, okay, that's cool. Let's <laughs> let's see how it compares, and like just stepping off even that one step, it still got me. And so it's uh, like, I almost feel like your friend had to be like putting on a front. Dread halls. There we just go. Just put him in uh, dread yeah. halls. Horror just be like, this is what you get now. <laughs> uh, well, I'll report back what happens with that. Theron, you've talked a lot about your podcast, Scuttlebutt tonight. How do people find it if they want to come hear more of you? Absolutely. On any and all of that social media trash, we are a uh, scuttlebutt pod. <laughs> Uh, so you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. We are available to listen to anywhere that you like your podcast delivered. So Spotify, Apple Music, we've got them hosted on our website, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. If you look for the Scuttlebutt podcast, you'll find us. And then most recently, we've started a YouTube channel, which is Scuttlebutt VR. Nice, nice. And of course, we'll have links in the show notes, description, everywhere to make that a little easier in your search to go find them. And if you if you really have any trouble finding it, hey, how can I get a hold of them more directly? You know what? Come join our Discord server. We'll make sure Scott Butt gets on there if they can, hangs out with us too. And then oh, when you're on Discord, you get to come ask us questions, shape the future of the podcast, tell us what you want to see and have us chat about here. Uh, if you really want to get into it, you know, become a supporter on Patreon. We've got some supporters on there. It's actually already covering the cost of the podcast, which is amazing that you're taking care of us there. And then it gives us uh, a lot of freedom with the sponsorship. We actually have been able to buy some of our members equipment they needed for all of you who love Kaylee. So thank you so much for supporting us so directly. And if you're listening, check out the YouTube channel where now you can see our faces. Or if uh, if it's the other way around, take us on the go anywhere you go. Get all the full dive and make sure you get on Scuttlebutt as well. Check them out too. But we got to say thank you for listening. And remember, when it comes to VR, you have to join on in. Yeah.